Welcome. My name is Dr. Chris Hughes. I am a implant and cosmetic dentist uh, in Heron, Illinois, in Southern Illinois. And this is my first and premier uh, broad, um, podcast. Um, and um, basically what, uh, what I'd like to talk to you all about is different topics in, um, in dentistry. Uh, since my practice is focused in implant dentistry and also cosmetics, cosmetic dentistry, uh, we'll be covering um, a lot of topics related to that. Uh, in detail, but we'll also be talking about just um, dental topics in general, uh, dental health, and um, other things uh, that are um, related to and important to the field of dentistry. Uh, so anyway, I thought we'd uh, begin our um, our conversation about uh, currently what's going on in dentistry. And uh, obviously, as you all know and have been affected by, the whole world has been affected uh, by this uh, terrible COVID-19 virus. And um, I think the first thing that everyone should know is that as far as dentistry, um, dentistry, of course, has been uh, uh, at the forefront of uh, healthcare providers provi- um, practicing uh, universal precautions. So that means the wearing of um, gloves and masks and uh, sterilization of uh, equipment that's used on patients. So um, really, in a sense, there hasn't been a dramatic change uh, in dentistry because we've already been uh, wearing masks, gloves, and goggles uh, for procedures. Um, There has been uh, some things um, that are a little more stringent. some dentists are wearing uh, more of a protective face shield in addition to their masks. I've seen a few that have had um, that have really kind of uh, gone to the maximum limit where they're wearing uh, a kind of a hood with a shield, kind of almost like a hazmat suit. Uh, I haven't seen anybody wearing that around here, but I have seen that um, um, among some colleagues. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, first of all, uh, is it safe to go to the dentist? Uh, and so I think everybody should know that uh, certainly uh, it is safe to go to the dentist, that all the dentists um, in, the, um, in the nation and probably throughout the world uh, have uh, not only are, are uh, following the universal precautions of gloves, mask, and goggle, uh, but have also done some additional things. So uh, let's talk about what additional things have been have been done. Well, uh, certainly um, there has been a question as to air quality. Um, I know that um, when uh, when the virus hit, uh, the Illinois State Dental Society uh, started talking about uh, additional things that be, have uh, can be implemented. And so certainly in dentistry, one of the biggest problems or uh, concerns, I guess you could say, with respect to uh, viral transmission, especially uh, a virus that is um, uh, based or grounded in the upper respiratory tract, uh, is the generation of an aerosol. Um, as we all know, uh, when uh, teeth have to be uh, modified, rebuilt, um, a drill has to be used, and the drill is cooled by a spray. So the, the uh, water spray hits the drill, 
which hits the two structure and creates an aerosol. And that aerosol uh, is generated in the mouth and then it's flushed out in, of, out of the mouth and the aerosol circulates in the air. Um, certainly, this is why dentists also have um, um, are employing uh, face masks in addition to, um, I mean, excuse me, they're employing face shields or a protective cover in addition to uh, face masks when, um, when an aerosol is generated. Um, so, uh, however, outside of the protection of the dentist and dental assistant or dental hygienist or clinical people uh, that are in the area, um, this aerosol, uh, how else uh, can it uh, be controlled? Uh, so... Most dentists, many dentists, are using air purifiers in their practice. Um, basically, I have an air purifier in every uh, every operatory or treatment room. And so what that does is any aerosol that gets, uh, you know, 10 to 15 feet or beyond where the, the treatment is, is being done or where the, in, where the mouth is and where the aerosol is being generated... Uh, that aerosol is then taken up into an air purifier. Uh, so that is uh, one of the, um, I think, one of the important ways to control aerosol uh, that's being generated in the dental environment. Um, so uh, nothing is perfect, certainly, um, but it was something that was never thought of, and uh, there was actually no need for it in the past. But it is something that is being, uh, I believe, commonly employed now in most dental practices uh, throughout the country. Um, some other things that are being done in dental practices um, is, is basically limiting the flow of patients through the practice. Uh, and again, these are, uh, these are uh, guidelines that have been outlined, uh, at least in Illinois, uh, through the Illinois State uh, Dental Society, but have also been uh, outlined, on, outlined on a national level uh, through the American Dental Association. So anyway, uh, limiting patient flow through the office. Well, how's that done? Well, as you know, or maybe some of you don't know yet, um, the, uh, the virus uh, is highly contagious, and so we need to prevent person-to-person um, -person contact whenever we can. So um, so anyway, uh, how this is done in the dental office, traditionally uh, patients uh, would uh, come in and uh, they would sit in a reception room uh, probably with, uh, who knows, uh, two, three, four, five, six, even maybe ten other people sitting around in a room, uh, maybe, uh, you know, ten... Uh, 15 by 15 or 15 by 20. Um, so, and, and uh, you know, the chairs would be lined up and people would sit right next to each other, uh, just like they would in any other sort of professional office, be it a medical office, a veterinary office, uh, optometry, all of them, or maybe even an attorney's office, all of them pretty much have a, have a reception or waiting room. So basically, um, what has occurred is um, waiting uh, for your to be seen by the doctor uh, in a reception room type of situation has been eliminated. 
And, uh, of course, that's been done to uh, limit the amount of um, uh, person-to-person proximity uh, in a waiting room. That's been that's been eliminated altogether. And now patients are basically um, waiting in their car. And then either a, a dental assistant or someone from the office will come out to the car and escort them not just to the waiting waiting room, excuse me, but will escort them all the way back to the operatory or treatment area. <clears throat> um, so this is obviously a big departure. Another thing that we do, of course, with the, um, we've, we've had cell phones around now for about 20 years, um, is that uh, we can also uh, call the patient while they're in the parking lot on their cell phone or send them a text. Uh, and then they can come in and then, again, the dental assistant or uh, whoever's responsible in the dental office for this would meet them at the door and then escort them to the operatory. So that's another another area um, where we're um, cutting down on the possibility of transmission by limiting, um, so, you know, uh, in a, in, a, in a good way, uh, limiting uh, patient contact uh, uh, between patients, obviously. Um, another thing that, uh, that is done is that after the appointment's over, um, we make sure, and it's been uh, um, suggested by, again, different agencies, ADA, Illinois State Dental Association, that you limit the contact of the patient at the front desk. So, for example, after a person's had their teeth cleaned or, uh, uh, you know, needs to pay a balance on a bill or or whatever for the service, um, what we're doing is, uh, number one, we're making sure that the patient doesn't, that patients don't congregate at the front desk. Um, Number one, patients are sometimes reappointed now in the treatment rooms. Uh, and number two, um, s- patients can pay any balance on services. Basically, we don't allow people to congregate uh, at the front desk for that uh, for more than, say, one person at a time. Uh, if there are a number of people that need to, to check out, um, that we, we keep them in separate rooms or they're kept in separate rooms so that there's no interpatient contact. So uh, that's another uh, great way to reduce contact among patients. So we've talked about sort of inner-patient uh, contacts. What, what about some other things? Well, uh, one of probably the, the uh, most important things is uh, dentists are, uh, are in that 1A group of, uh, of healthcare providers uh, that uh, are on the list to be some of the first to be vaccinated. Um, I personally was vaccinated uh, about three weeks ago now. Um, in my area, which uh, is in Heron, which is in southern Illinois, uh, we do have a, a health department. It's called Bi-County Health. And I called them up and I said, uh, I think it'd be a good idea if I got um, vaccinated because uh, I am in this group. And so they said, yes, please bring your, your office in. And uh, so within a day or two, 
uh, I was able to get vaccinated. And I know that all my other colleagues in the area are in the process of of being vaccinated. So uh, this is another uh, important uh, thing to consider is that your your provider, or in this case, your dentist, uh, should be vaccinated or should be getting vaccinated very, very soon. Uh, That way, again, uh, no matter where where the dentist or the personnel, the assistant or hygienist or front desk person, and by the way, yes, everyone in the in the in the practice or office is is vaccinated. Um, so this could also mean the front desk person who doesn't do any clinical uh, uh, has any clinical responsibilities or duties. Uh, but they are part of the team and certainly they're in the office. They're certainly, they're exposed just like anybody else. So they are, uh, uh, vaccinated too. Uh, as a matter of fact, an interesting little story and my front desk uh, person and administrator, when I get to, uh, when I went to get uh, vaccinated at by County, she was actually there before me and, <laughs> and got vaccinated before me. Uh, but anyway, uh, the point is that uh, vaccination of, uh, of the doctor and, and of the other uh, uh, personnel in the dental office is going on currently and has already gone on. So you can feel good that, um, that your dental people um, have been vaccinated. So, um, you know, they're not going to get the virus uh, and they're not going to spread it. So when you take that on top of uh, the other precautions that are being uh, employed, uh, you can see that um, that um, the dental office is a safe environment to go to. Okay, um, so a couple of other minor things that are that are being done, um, like you see pretty much almost everywhere in every business. Um, there is uh, a stand out when you enter the office, um, and you, certainly in my office, and I believe you'll find this in most offices where you can clean your hands. Uh, patients uh, also wear masks, uh, obviously, all the way uh, when they come into the office, they're wearing a mask. Uh, actually, when they sit down, they're wearing a mask. We're all wearing our uh, universal precautions already. So we're wearing masks already. Um, and actually, the only time the patient takes the mask off is when we're, when we're starting to work on them. Um, we can't, we still haven't figured out a way to work through a mask, somebody wearing a mask. But uh, obviously, that's not required. So anyway, um, as soon as we're done, the patient puts the mask back on. If they need to check out, they're limited at the front desk to only one person at a time. Obviously, too, when they come in, they're wearing a mask. They're wearing the the mask the whole time, except when they're actually uh, receiving treatment. Um, So um, these are all important things um, to help reassure the public that um, actually going to the dentist is safe. Uh, And, um, of course, there's always going to be people that are going to have uh, reservations. And uh, certainly we understand that. Uh, but also it's important for people to have the facts and not to make uh, decisions off of, um, 
off of hearsay or uh, rumors or things like that. They need to have solid facts that they know about. So certainly um, this is going on in, uh, in the vast majority of dental offices uh, in the state and actually throughout the country. However, uh, if you are unsure about the dentist that you're seeing as far as if they're taking uh, the, the precautions that I've talked about, um, certainly it would be wise to go ahead and call the, call the dental office and ask some questions, find out what they're doing uh, to uh, prevent the spread of uh, COVID-19 uh, in the dental atmosphere in their, in their offices. And uh, just uh, be candid and find out. And I'm sure that, uh, again, the vast majority of offices you're going to find are going to be employing these um, precautions. Uh, and uh, with that, then you have some facts at your disposal to make an intelligent decision uh, if you feel that it is safe. Um, and certainly um, what I have talked about uh, covers pretty much everything that needs to be done in the dental office. Uh, and if those uh, precautions that I've talked about are employed, uh, you have a very, very safe environment. Um, so Anyway, um, I think that that probably pretty much answers everyone's questions. Um, certainly, if you have any further questions uh, and would like to talk to us personally, um, you can reach us at uh, Hughes Dental Arts Center, my dental practice, which is ro- lo- located in the Logan Professional Park, uh, just bordering Route 13 near the intersection of Route 13 and 148. Uh, where our address uh, is 15 uh, Rushing Drive, Heron, Illinois. Uh, and uh, we're right across from the Orthopedic Surgery Center uh, right there uh, in, uh, in the Logan Professional Park. And our website is HughesDentalArts.com, spelled H-U-G-H-E-S-D-E-N-T-A-L, arts.com. So anyway, uh, I urge you to uh, give our office a call um, if you have any further questions about uh, the precautions that are being taken for COVID-19. So anyway, um, moving on to some other topics. Um, As uh, as I've talked about, um, I am a general dentist, but I have uh, quite a bit of advanced training and certification in implant dentistry. Uh, As a matter of fact, I am board certified in the discipline of implant dentistry through the American Board of Oral Oral Implantology Implant Dentistry. Say that real fast five times, right? (laughs) So anyway, so uh, we have about uh, 10 more minutes here to just kind of start scratching the the surface on uh, on my favorite topic in, uh, in implant dentistry. So uh, I think we'll kind of just start with really what implant dentistry is, kind of how it's evolved into a major and uh, in, in, in important treatment modality for dentists these days. And um, we're just kind of going to go over the basics today. So, uh, so the first uh, question is, well, what really is implant dentistry and who really needs implant dentistry? 
So uh, it's a great question. I have people coming in all the time into my office that uh, really are a little bit confused about what implant dentistry is and uh, who it uh, who is really designed to serve. So uh, the, the first patient that I can think about that uh, comes in uh, is um, they have a full complement of teeth. Um, they have a smile that maybe could use um, a little fine-tuning or uh, upgrading or making their smile look better. But they can true pretty good, and um, and they're really not missing any teeth. And uh, the first thing they'll say is, uh, well, Dr. Hughes, you know, I know you do implant dentistry, and, uh, you know, how can I make my teeth look better? <laughs> I think I need some dental implants. And uh, so... Of course, I'll do an exam and uh, evaluate them, and uh, then when I'll have them back for the consultation, I'll say, well, uh, Mary or whoever it is, uh, I'll say, uh, you don't need dental implants. <laughs> and they'll say, why? And I'll say, well, because you have healthy teeth and you can chew. And I say, and I'll say, now your teeth don't look so good. Uh, there's some teeth that are discolored. You have maybe some crowding, uh, maybe uh, some fillings are are older and and need to be replaced. But overall, uh, you have pretty healthy bone support ar around your teeth. And the main thing is, you have teeth. Um, and they'll kind of look at me puzzled, and uh, I'll say, okay, well, you got to understand, okay, implant dentistry is for people that are missing teeth, okay? Actually, if we just want to make the teeth look better, uh, we can do cosmetic dentistry techniques. Uh, we can do whitening. We can do tooth-colored fillings. Uh, we can straighten teeth with Invisalign or with conventional wire and black bracket, which I've done, all these things. Um, so it's kind of like making, uh, making the hood ornament on a car look nice, okay? Uh, but uh, if you have a flat tire, that's a totally different thing, right? So the flat tire uh, really kind of comes before making the hood ornament look good, so cosmetic dentistry is kind of making something look good. But implant dentistry really has to do with the replacement of teeth. So what do we mean by that? Well, let's take a simple example. If you're missing, let's say, a back tooth, a back molar, okay? When that tooth is gone, there's nothing there. The molar that you used to chew on is now not there. Okay, so how did we do that in traditional dentistry in the past? What we would do is we would make what's called a bridge, okay? A bridge is simply where we put a crown on a tooth adjacent to where the missing tooth is, and then we fuse a, um, a, another tooth to that, okay? What we do is we fuse, not a tooth, but we fuse a crown in between that, and uh, I just realized that there is a video component to this, so I should have brought a, a, um, 
a model. I'll do that next time. Uh, but uh, basically what uh, what's going on, I'll just try to describe this without a model, is that we're having to put a crown on the tooth in front of the gap and a crown on the tooth behind the gap. And then we're fusing a false tooth crown, basically, in between those two crowns, okay, which acts as a tooth. So basically, the issue is, is what we're doing is, if we're missing one tooth, we're actually involving three teeth to replace the one tooth, okay? Now, that may not sound like such a great idea, and it, uh, to be honest, really is not, uh, not in 2021, uh, but back in 1989, when I graduated from dental school, that was the state of the art, which uh, now, probably to some of you listening or watching, uh, may sound uh, almost ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but uh, like I said, back at that time, back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the way even until the early 2000s, Implant dentistry was not a recognized, um, normal, accepted treatment modality, okay? So uh, it's just kind of like in medicine, uh, 150 years ago or so, they still are using, uh, they are still uh, letting blood to, uh, physicians were letting blood to correct uh, different uh, diseases and also using leeches to, uh, to also... Uh, treat different um, uh, problems, different diseases. Uh, and of course, that sounds crazy now, uh, 150 years later, uh, and in dentistry, uh, doing a bridge now is not, is something that's still done, but not as common as certainly as it was done 30 to um, even 25 to 30 years ago. So anyway, getting back to uh, Getting back to our problem, so we're missing a tooth. Uh, we talked about the bridge. Um, you could do what they call a partial denture. That's just a false tooth attached onto kind of like an orthodontic um, retainer. Those are not very good. They don't last very long, and um, they they move around. So that's not a good way. So basically, the dental implant is uh, the replacement for the root of a tooth, okay? So imagine, and again, I don't have a model. I can, I'll bring a model next time. But um, imagine that uh, your, tooth, you, your tooth has gum around it, right? And uh, the gum is basically kind of like uh, lays over the bone, sort of like carpet lays over a floor, okay? So your tooth is embedded in the gum, which is actually embedded in, in bone, okay? So you got tooth, you got a little bit of gum tissue, uh, and then you've got the root of the tooth, which is embedded in bone. And of course, it's embedded in bone, so it doesn't move, okay? So what a dental implant is, the best way to understand what uh, implant really is, is that it is a, it is a replacement, a replacement for the root of a tooth. Okay. That's all it is. Uh, most dental implants look like uh, screws. They kind of look like wood screws. And so what is done is the, the replacement root or titanium screw is placed into the bone 
It is a kind of spurt, a surgical procedure. But in a way, if uh, very simple to understand, uh, because it's like putting uh, basically a screw into a block of wood. And so the, the screw goes into the bone. Now we have the screw in the bone, so we have the, the replacement part of the root. So then, well, what about the tooth part? Okay, well, the tooth part actually screws into the screw. So if you can imagine the screw in the middle of the screw has a hole and then there's threading in there, okay? And then your tooth fits over the top of the screw and then you put the screw into the, into the crown which fastens it onto the dental implant. And that's essentially what a dental implant is. So the people that come in with good, healthy teeth but aren't looking so good, they don't need dental implants um, because they have teeth. They, have, they don't need any roots replaced. And uh, so anyway, um, they're not candidates really. Um, however, uh, dental implants are big for people that need to replace one tooth or a group of tooth teeth or some, uh, or sometimes an entire dentition. In other words, uh, they're, they're, they could have um, all their teeth in their upper or lower jaw is bad, and all the roots need to be removed and the remaining broken down teeth. Uh, this can be replaced with dental implants. Uh, or another example is people that haven't had teeth for a long time, and they're wearing a denture, and the denture is not moving, is, is not uh, what patients will say is not fitting well, which really they mean it's not staying in their mouth and, and it's miserable because they can't chew, they can't eat. So how do they, uh, how, how do that can be the, the denture secured? It can be done with a dental implant. So anyway, that is just a brief overview, overview of uh, implant dentistry today. We're going to go into more detail. I'm going to bring my, uh, probably bring my, um, models next time and we'll go into more detail about um, how dental implants are done, the procedure, um, how they work, how they function, and uh, how they improve uh, patients' lives quite dramatically to be able to chew and smile for the rest of their life. So anyway, I wanted to thank you for listening today. Uh, it was a pleasure and an honor to uh, bring this broadcast to you. And I look forward to uh, speaking to you all next time. Again, thank you very much. Dr. Chris Hughes signing off. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.